This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you for the next 25 minutes or so. And we've got a packed programme this morning. I'll be talking about the impact of Brexit on consumer confidence with economist Austin Hughes from KBC. Earlier in the week, I also caught up with the German ambassador to Ireland, who was on a visit to this area to talk to businesses. I talked to her about developing business links between Ireland and Germany and the potential for local companies in Europe's biggest market. There was good news also from the IDA for Kilkenny last Thursday with the announcement that AB Agri, a global agri-tech company, are setting up in Kilkenny. We'll have more on that. But first, the issues of information environmental change, global warming and how individuals, businesses and communities need to change our behaviours are never far away these days. Over the last few months, Kilkenny Leader Partnership has been running a competition called the Kilkenny Energy Town, where they were seeking towns and villages from across County Kilkenny to form groups involving businesses, voluntary organisations and concerned individuals to put forward plans for their areas to become best practice energy towns. A prize of €100,000 in support was on offer to the winning project. I went along to the announcement of the winning town, which was held in Butler House during the week. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. Declan Rice, Chief Executive of Kilkenny Leader Partnership. We're here at the launch of Kilkenny Energy Town, the announcement of the winner in actual fact. Before you break the good news to us, tell us about uh, this Energy Town initiative. Well, it's really, we have a long history uh, with energy in, in KLP and Leader. We're going back 20 years or more. Uh, so we, we know the importance of it. It's obviously come much more into the forefront here now with uh, cl- uh, climate climate uh, action and all the, the challenges we have with our own national targets, which we're, we're not meeting. And there's a, a team, a sub-team in the, in the Leader plan, specifically on renewable energy. So we had a we had a proposal in our, in our local development strategy to develop an energy town, a town which would be, act as an exemplar, a best case example, not so much of the perfect town, but the one that tried hardest to try and tackle their energy issues, make it more sustainable. Look at look look at look at look at those challenges. And you teamed up with the Three Counties Energy Agency, Three CEA, for this project. Tell us about this and what was up for grabs from the for the winning entry. Well, we had a hundred thousand euro uh, minimum uh, prize fund for the winning entry. And who knows, we might go a bit above that. Uh, we're, we're open to ideas. We'd also like to say that we, that, that the runners-up uh, will also have really some really good ideas and we're, we're going to try and work with them as well. So, uh, Basically, we, we asked people to, to put their best foot forward. What would they do from the point of view of sustainable energy and from the point of view of uh, um, renewable energy, local sources of energy? And uh, the winner wa- was evaluated through a process. We had a, you went around in, in early uh, in early in the year in uh, February, March, meetings in you know halls around the place, and then that was an expression of interest uh, from about four or five communities, and then it whittled down to two uh, front runners, and they both did full plans and uh, made presentations 
presentations uh, and, and defended their plans and then the evaluation committee which is independent of us there were no KLP people no 3CA people on the evaluation committee in fact we weren't even around on the day of the final decision uh, made a decision on, on the one which won and there were two in the final shake up who were those and then maybe you'll reveal the winner to us ok the two were Greg Namana and Callum uh, they were in the final shake-up, and uh, the winner was Roll of Drums, Callan. Callan, uh, you know, who has a, who has a history in uh, renewable energy, but it has to be said, it was a it was a tight decision. Greg Demana, I'm right here, had a really really good plan, uh, a lot of really uh, clever ideas, attractive ideas, and we definitely want want to make sure both these towns, uh, in a way, will become you know showcases and flagships. But the town of the town of energy, the energy town, is Callan. Nevin Code, you're part of Callan 2030, the uh, victorious group, I suppose we'd describe it as in the uh, Town of Energy competition. Tell us about the background to your application and the group, what you put forward. Um, I suppose we came together as a group. The spark was the competition of leader and we saw an opportunity for the community to come together. And what we ended up with was a three-strand project. We had capital projects, which was centred around the competition itself to bring energy awareness to town and work on a couple of projects. Then our bigger project, the 2030 plan, would be a utilities company in Callan, which is designed around the community, owned by, run by the community, where we would have an office that people could go in, get knowledge about how to save energy in their business, and everybody coming together and benefiting from a committee. And maybe down the road then, buying in cheaper energy, maybe even creating our own energy down the road and being able to sell it back to the community. We want to have energy days. We want to educate the community. Schools involved, the local communities involved, have energy days where we bring in companies who can show us how to save energy and have apps on your phone to better protect the future for everybody. And that's really what we're about. And what kind of uh, people and organisations and indeed businesses came together under this Callum 2030 banner? We had a wide mix of people. Uh, we had people who were just interested, like myself, that have maybe a small business in the area, to people who have large businesses in the area. We have people who are part of other community groups in the area, clubs and other societies. It was all about bringing everybody together. And I think our attitude was, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together as a group. And there's been many different projects around Ireland that have taken place they're successful and then they kind of flitter away and we were very eager that we already have many successful projects in Callan from the years to get onto those coattails and then bring the whole community together and they'll come up with new ideas about how we can save energy and hopefully some of the new youth coming up will go to colleges and universities and have new ideas about how we can invent new equipment and maybe take the world over and start sharing the knowledge with all the rest of the community, all the other towns that were in the competition, including Greg Namana, who you know, did a very successful uh, application just like ourselves. And everybody in Ireland and in this country should benefit from knowledge that we can learn. We'll make some mistakes, we'll learn from them, and then we'll share them with the rest of the community. And that's really our wider vision for the project. You must be delighted to scoop the award, €100,000 worth of supports. What does it mean to Callan and what changes will be brought about in the near and medium term? 
So we have a couple of capital projects. Uh, one of them is some solar lighting around a couple of the areas in the town. And really, we're going to use that as a stepping stone for a community space where the public can go and enjoy later into the evening time, but also to use as an education piece to teach people about solar, about energy. So this, these projects are the genesis. These are the, the light and spark of many, many other ideas that we want to, to build on. And we want to educate people. We want to engage them. We want to inspire them. We want to get them to come up with the ideas and, and, and be involved and, and have a, a talking shop where the community is making the decisions rather than external people always making decisions for us. We can take some ownership of this and this needs to be the genesis of that. Having gone through the experience of putting, get, gathering a community group together, going through this competition, how are you feeling about the whole issue of climate change? Sometimes the whole the figures and the stats can actually seem too big of a mountain to climb. How are you feeling about the future? Well, it's the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? You've got to eat it piece by piece. And I think if every person starts doing their own part, we can all make a difference, albeit very, very small. But if you... When I was at school many years ago, we had the, the piggy bank club. You put your pennies away and the pounds look after themselves. That's how it starts. And if we can encourage five people who then encourage another five people and another five people to be involved in saving energy and not wasting energy and not using plastics and all of those things that they're telling us about now that we're only beginning to learn about ourselves, we then can have a wave of an impact across this country. Ireland has always been successful at communicating throughout the world. We now need to communicate with ourselves locally, share this knowledge, and then maybe let's sell it to the world and show them how it should be done. We can be the leaders in this. We have tourism that is amazing places to come visit. Why can't we have ecotourism here as well and become the world experts at this? So that's really what we'd like to... That's our vision. So an ambitious plan. Ambitious. And look, I mightn't be around to see when it comes to fruition, but if we can light the spark in the next generation and the next generation, that's what it's about. I'm with Jane Wickham, who's an energy engineer with the Three Counties Energy Agency. Jane, uh, your organisation has been involved in the uh, Energy Town initiative. First, can you tell us what 3CA or the Three Counties Energy Agency actually does? Yeah, so Three Counties Energy Agency, um, we're based in Kilkenny City here and we operate around the three counties around Carlow, Kilkenny and Wexford. Um, we primarily work with the local authorities and we work with community groups and businesses around the three counties. Um, so we do like technical support on projects, we do project management, we do energy master plans, we do project implementation. So it's anything really to do with energy efficiency or renewable energy upgrades for businesses, community groups, local authorities across the region. So... Um the whole issue of climate change, global warming and the impact on daily life is, is huge, but you're actually involved in the practical end. What kind of stuff do you do with businesses? Well, for example, like businesses, um, like if there was a business centre, so we could go in and do an energy audit for a business centre or a community centre. Um, we'd go in, we'd look at you know what type of insulation, what type of heating system is in the building, um, what, what way are they generating electricity or using electricity. Um, so we'll do an assessment on the whole building um, um, and we'll do an energy audit report for them. Then we'd go on to do um, apply for grant aid for any projects that we think might make an you know, impact on their business and make energy savings for the business and help them save money in the long run. Like so. And in your experience, is there a lot of money to be saved while being environmentally beneficial? 
Yeah, well, for businesses, homeowners, any community group centres, um, typically, you know, you could have a boiler in there that could be maybe 15, 20 years old. Um, so you're talking about an efficiency of, I don't know, 60 or 70 percent. Like, um, I don't want to get too technical, but if you put in a new heating system there, you could be talking about um, 90 percent plus efficiency. Um, so, again, you know, there's big savings on that. Again, looking at then renewable technologies, heat pumps, uh, wood pellet boilers, any of those technologies for heating systems. And again, just, you know, making buildings more thermally comfortable for people to be in. Like, so, you know, a lot of people are living in cold or, you know, working in cold buildings now or community centres in cold buildings and um, you know dampness and all that so improving your insulation your windows your doors attic insulation any of that you know improves the thermal com- comfort of the buildings so callan chosen as kilkenny's energy town what work will uh, the three counties energy agency be doing with the callan 2030 group yeah, so we hope, like we, we've like we've done the initial kind of plan or, you know, the assessment with the group. Um, we hope to go on then, you know, and work with the group and, you know, implementing the projects. So they've looked at a range of projects, um, you know, different types of lighting system in the, in the town um, to light up the Abbey Meadowway. Um, they've looked at solar, electric vehicle solar or charging points for the town um, and then solar PV on a number of buildings and heating systems. So we'll be involved in implementing those. So they're looking to the future, like, you know, electric vehicles, solar PV, solar solar photovoltaic should I say any of those technologies you know they're you know they're being implemented now and they're looking at how that can impact the, the town going forward the bottom line on KCLR with John Purcell brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley accountants now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie so with the final quarter of the year just little over three weeks away a crucial quarter for many businesses how are we all going to fair out. Um, If with Brexit on the horizon uh, there is great uncertainty. Consumer confidence is a key component of business success particularly in business to consumer facing businesses but indeed in all business. A a piece of work out during the week shows that consumer confidence has plunged to a 70 month low. It's all part of research uh, carried out by KBC Bank with ESRI Uh, Economist Austin Hughes joins me on the line. Austin, um, confidence at a 70-month low, is that unprecedented? Um, We are starting to see a trend in confidence that mirrors the the time before the financial crisis where consumers have become increasingly gloomy. Until recently, there was a sense that consumers were measuring up the risks around Brexit with the reality of still very healthy trends in the Irish economy. Uh, And that meant they took a balanced view. Yes, they were aware that things could get worse, but they were also very conscious that things had gotten a good deal better over the last while with employment growing strongly, uh, unemployment very low by historic standards, and average earnings started to tick higher. So all in all, there was a sense that people felt they had a few bob in their pocket. They were still a little bit nervous about the outlook, but they were balancing this risk. So it was not all sunshine, but neither was it a really stormy day uh, for the economy. Uh, now what we see in the latest numbers, which are for August, is that consumer sentiment is, as you say, at a near six-year six, month, six year low, um, and that's because consumers are 
fixated on the problems that Brexit might uh, cause. Now, it's perfectly understandable in the last month or two, they've heard very tough talk from the UK. They've looked probably in shock and horror at the the various comments coming out of uh, UK politicians. And in those circumstances, they've begun to worry that perhaps this could get a great deal worse. For the August survey, they also had the information from the latest central bank quarterly, which warned of job losses of maybe up to 35,000 over the next couple of years, and that employment could be as much as 100,000 lower in Ireland than it would be in the absence of Brexit over a 10-year period. So rather than thinking about things are okay at the moment, all the focus of consumer confidence has gone on to how bad could it get? both in terms of jobs and in terms of my spending power over the next year or two. So it's not unreasonable, but it probably is a quite pessimistic view at this point. And just to put it in context, August saw pretty much four weeks of Boris Johnson rambling around the place saying the backstop has to go and there'll be no deal if if he's... Since then, um, the British Parliament has uh, voted that, that they don't want a hard uh, Brexit, that that would be illegal. If that... Uh, improve feeds into increased uh, confidence will that have a positive impact on business I, I think there will be an improvement for the reasons i mentioned that up to recently consumers were balancing out the risks of brexit uh, with the reality of still healthy trends in the economy as a whole and in their domestic spending part, their, you know, their own household finances. If the, the risks of a really drastic crash out Brexit um, fade over the next couple of months, consumers will move to a slight, to a somewhat more positive view. I, I would mention two other things, right? Um, consumer confidence in Ireland crashed really in August, but it also weakened in a range of other countries because Brexit isn't the only worry globally at the moment. There are also concerns in the U.S. for consumer sentiment was at a a seven-year low in August about the trade war and tariffs. There's concerns in Europe about a much slower-growing European economy. So if Brexit concerns fade, um, then I think consumers will feel a lot less worried. But I don't think they're going to jump for joy and say all our problems are over. I think Brexit is the very sharp point of a still very uncertain future because the reality is for the last 10 years um, consumers in Ireland and elsewhere have faced a world that's increasingly uncertain on so many fronts and in that regard they're also seeing much more concerns, more modest increases You know, in certain parts of Ireland Beef prices are probably a more immediate focal point than Brexit even. So there are a range of other worries. I don't mean think it, it translates to, to sunshine and joy across the world. But I think you will see consumers being a little more confident and maybe even the relief of seeing Brexit hopefully move on to a more stable footing, I think that would cause a pickup in spending as you approach end year. So it's still very uncertain. Um, consumers will still be sort of wondering, what will Boris say next? What will Barnier do next? 
will the EU agree a deal? It does look now, uh, in the early days of September, as though the outlook for Brexit is, is a little less negative. But that doesn't mean the Brexit clouds have disappeared. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. Ambassador Pulzel, um, you're in Kilkenny today. Very noticeable outreach from the German Embassy to Kilkenny and Carlo over recent months. What's the background to that? Surely the changing times in Europe with Brexit and so on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's uh, got two reasons, really. Um, the Irish are reaching out more to the continent uh, with Brexit looming, um, but also Germany has uh, seen that we need to reach out more also to smaller countries that we haven't been in such close contact, but who are real friends. And we see that Ireland is very like-minded and with what's going on in Europe at the moment we feel that we need to work more closely with those like-minded partners and that's why if we also on a political level have been much more engaged with Ireland and Ireland with us so and that trip to Kilkenny today is another example of our outreach and trying to bring people to Germany but also you know uh, make people aware of the opportunities of bilateral trade for instance. And many companies locally doing business already with Germany, but opportunities for more. What role does the embassy play in assisting Irish companies who may be interested in forging links with Germany? Well, we can always advise uh, and help to establish contacts with Germany. But I also want to say that a very good contact point is our German-Irish Chamber of Commerce in Dublin. Um, And they are actually there to promote bilateral trade links and help companies to find counterparts. Um, So we are actually a facilitator, if you want to say that and if you want to uh, know more um, and be more concrete about your engagement then really the German Irish Chamber of Commerce is a wonderful partner and you can also obviously find them online if you like. And you have a packed agenda here in Kilkenny today. Yeah, we are going to see um, two companies. So we just uh, saw one, which was extremely impressive. And now it's a lunch, and I'm going to tell people a little bit about opportunities to do business with Germany. And uh, so, yeah, I'm getting a very good glimpse again, because I've been here a number of times and seen Kilkenny. And I really like it. And congratulations on such a wonderful uh, city. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you in association with O'Neill Foley Accountants. Our website, onf.ie, shows the full range of services we provide to businesses large and small. Anne-Marie Tierney-LaRue, uh, Head of Regional Development at IDA. A very um, good news day for IDA and for business in Kilkenny. Yes, John, indeed, it is a very significant day for IDA Ireland, uh, for the South East region, and most importantly for Kilkenny and for the enterprise development of Kilkenny for the future. Uh, today sees the announcement by AB Agri of their creation of 50 jobs uh, for the county of uh, Kilkenny, highly skilled roles in the areas of ag technology. Uh, so very important day for Kilkenny and very exciting day for the future. And uh, a very progressive company at the cutting edge of technology and agriculture hopes that this could be a, a kind of a leading edge of a lot more developments in this area for the region. Well, look, we always use a reference cell model within IDA Ireland to be able to encourage other companies to invest. So having a flagship company like AB Agri would certainly help IDA Ireland in their marketing efforts uh, of the region and of a location like Kilkenny uh, for the future. And look, we're building on a very strong base with the work of uh, WIT, the work of IT Carlo, and the indigenous Irish uh, companies like Lonbia that have helped us to position the county of Kilkenny for future investment.
AB Agri, a, a multinational with 3,500 people working in many countries around the world, they're very complimentary about the IDA. Tell us about the kind of work that goes into landing a jobs announcement like today. Certainly, John. So I suppose when companies uh, look at Ireland, uh, in IDA Ireland, and in my role as Head of Regional Development, the first thing that we have to do is try to match the company to the particular location that we have in question. So what we do is we come to a location, we introduce them to key stakeholders within a particular county. So from our perspective, that might be the local authority, it might be the Institute of Technology, uh, the local enterprise uh, training board, the LEOs, and the existing companies. We spend three, four, five days with a company in a particular location Location. We introduce them to property solutions. Uh, we encourage them to look, live and see what it's like to live in a particular location for a few days. And then they go back to their home country, uh, far away from Ireland and decide in boardrooms far, far away from Ireland as to whether the investment opportunity will uh, work in Ireland. What IDA does then, we uh, put a proposal to the board of IDA uh, to see uh, the investment that the uh, government can support and give to a company to set up in a particular location. And then it all ends with days like today where we have uh, the Good News Day where we have um, ministerial announcement with uh, key executives from the company of an investment uh, in the particular location. So a super day for Kilkenny and a super day for IDA Ireland. And AB Agri seem to be very impressed by the cohesion both with the IDA, the local authorities, gone all the way to the top of the European Commission with um, Commissioner Phil Hogan making a cameo here today. Yeah, well, look, obviously, uh, 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 Commissioner Hogan was due to be here today, but on the basis of his new role, he had to uh, do a video uh, a video appearance, so he had some very, very strong words of support for, clearly, the all the stakeholders in the uh, southeast region, and uh, we congratulate him on his new uh, appointment, and hopefully he'll keep a, a close eye on Kilkenny and Ireland uh, in his new role. Josh Hoops from AB Agri, uh, a very good news day for business in Kilkenny. Tell us about the investment that AB Agri is making in Kilkenny. Uh, a great news day indeed. AB Agri uh, has chosen Kilkenny as a location for a new technology centre, uh, which will be the technology centre for our ag tech division, Interlink. And you spoke about the changes in agriculture and the need to do more with less and the use of technology. What kind of work is going to be undertaken at this new technology centre? Our work will be focused on improving productivity through the use of data, technology uh, and insights as well as sustainability of farming and using our platform to link together retailers, uh, processors and farmers and, and really drive that together uh, and improve the supply chain. Um, AB Agri formed with just two employees I think in, in the 1980s, now 3,500 people around the world. Uh, you announced 50 jobs here today, future growth potential, it's a burgeoning area of business. Um, well, Kilkenny is you know, at the heart of uh, the agri-food industry here in Ireland and also as a great ecosystem for technology and innovation. So we're hopeful that as we invest in our capability here that will continue to grow as we grow our business internationally. And you've spent some time in Kilkenny and I gather more time to come. Uh, what are you looking forward to most about it? Uh, I think Kilkenny is a fantastic place. The people here are so friendly, um, so welcoming and so helpful. So each time I come, I learn a little bit more about the city and um, you know the, the slogan I saw at the Abbey Quarter this morning around uh, uh, live, work, love Kilkenny, I think is great. And, and it's my experience so far. And what kind of jobs will you be recruiting for over the next months and years? There'll be technology-related jobs, so software development, data uh, analyst, and uh, artificial intelligence, um, these type of technology roles for us. 
Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line. Thanks to all the guests on the programme, to our sponsors, O'Neill Foley Accountants, www.onf.ie, and to you, indeed, for listening. If you have a suggestion for something you'd like to see covered on The Bottom Line, or you'd like to comment or get involved in the programme, don't forget you can email us at thebottomline at kclr96fm.com. Thanks to John Kane for putting all the audio bits together and to Deirdre Drummy who produced. I'm John Purcell. I'll be back with you next Saturday just after nine for another edition of The Bottom Line. Until then, enjoy the weekend and have a good week. KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.onf.ie